Ah, welcome to the Keep Calm and Run to the Best You, the podcast. I am your host, Coach Tadrees Parker, coaching running, weight loss, and accountability since 2013. Our website is runtothebestyou.com. There, you can find our online programs for beginners and beyond. We're going to show you how walking or running just three days per week can get you into the best shape of your life, empowering our listeners to believe that they can achieve great things. We want to take you from the old you to the best you. And if you are taking off running for weight loss, it will take care of itself as I will inspire you to keep your nutrition real. Remember, the thoughts and expressions of this show does not constitute medical advice. Now let's get into this week's show. Ah, welcome to another week of the show, episode 157. And in this week's podcast, I will break down some of my brief takeaways from the book Primal Endurance by Mark Sisson and Brad Kearns. I'm a huge fan of their work. I loved the Two Meals a Day book. So I figured I would digest this particular book and see how it can help my running. And in turn, anything that helps my running will help the community that follows me. So I'm going to break down some major takeaways from the book. There's six biggest takeaways that I got from the book, and uh, I'm looking forward to sharing that with you guys. Um, I want to give a major, major shout out to Jessica Young for last week, continuing our series, Hot Summer Series, Running Moms, and conducting the first interview of a mother in South Jersey getting it done, right? Signing up to races, mother of triplets, Chris Ballard, right? So much love poured in uh, after that episode or even before that episode even dropped. I uh, got a couple of thoughts and comments from uh, members who know Chris. Now, in last week's episode, you guys can go back to episode 156 and listen to that to hear Chris talk about her journey on her, you know, from her own mouth as my co-host from time to time, Jessica Young, took over the whole podcast. They stuffed me in a locker in Absagami High School. I couldn't even breathe. She gagged me, tied me up, and then they proceeded to take my podcast equipment. And for the first time in over two years, I didn't say a word on the podcast. So that was crazy. They let me out for air after it was done. (laughs) So um, I want you guys to go back and listen to that episode. But in segment number two today, I'm actually going to read some of the comments that people had said about how Chris Ballard has inspired them and what it means to show up every week for uh, our trainings and get to see Chris Ballard in work and why that motivates them. Super important to have someone that you can look to as a guidance to help you get to where you want to be. Okay. So how was your week? What were some things that went well for you? Has any of the previous 156 episodes enhanced your life at all? I would love to hear from you. Please head to the show notes. You can email me at coachtadrees at gmail.com. Spelling, everything like that is in the show notes. You guys can leave a comment on the blog. There's a link that you can leave a 60-second commercial. Um, I shouldn't say commercial. I'm sorry. 60-second message that can be played on our future episodes. So if you uh, are inspired by something that you heard and you want to leave a, a quick comment, say your name, where you're from, and what your thought is, because we only have 60 seconds, but we would love to play your voice memos 
on the show. That'd be awesome. Uh, one other thing that you can do is head over to Apple Podcasts, rate and leave a review for the show. We will read our reviews on the air as well. And so thank you for all of our listeners. You can be listening to anything in the world right now, but you chose to press play on this. Maybe I had one of your friends on the podcast and that's how you found us. Maybe you met me at an event somewhere. No matter how you found us, maybe you Googled us like my girl, Laura from California. And, uh, you know, was Googling intermittent fasting and running and our podcast popped up. So however you found us and you're listening to our show, I thank you so much. I've been health coaching since 2013 and I use walking and running as a way to get movement going. But I coach a simple approach to eating lifestyle changes and, you know, uh, to help people with getting into the best shape of their life. So sometimes people may think I'm only a running coach, but I'm a health coach that helps people break through some barriers through talking through simple things, taking the clutter out and the confusion out of, you know, today's society. You pick up a tabloid or, you you know, you're in line and you'll always see something different. Eat eggs for weight loss. Right. And then the next week you go to the, the, the supermarket and you'll see eggs are too bad for your cholesterol. So it's always something changing. And so sometimes people need help breaking through the, the clutter, making sense of things. Uh, what's easy to do is also easy not to do. So therefore, um, the tips and strategies for weight loss is simple, but there's so much confusion. It's no wonder people need help. And so I don't sell products. I sell my coaching ability to help break you through, help you break through some barriers. But that is uh, what I want to encourage people to do. You know, you can easily go to the show notes and fill out the contact us form so that I can get to know what situations that you have going on that you would need some uh, help and accountability with. And then I can set you up with a free call and we can talk about how run to the best you can help fit your needs. Um, I also want to give an announcement about our comma day celebration, which will be held on July 28th. It's a Thursday. The reason why it's called comma day is because I have a streak of 1000 days of walking or running at least a mile a day. I started that streak in November of 2019 and the 1000th day will fall on a Thursday in which we train every Thursday. And so I'm going to not walk or run in the morning. I'm going to save it for this celebration. And our Keep Calm and Run to the Best You 5K has been put on a shelf for the last two years due to COVID. In 2020, we turned it virtual. In 2021, I didn't get any word from the, the city. So I just like shelved it. And now it's back and it's going to be celebrated not on a Saturday as normal, but it's going to be on a Thursday evening. Uh, we're not doing the typical every every race comes with a shirt. We're not doing that type of thing. It's only $10 to register. And if you would like to add a shirt to the shopping cart, you can. And it will get sent to right now by the time you, uh, if you sign up now, um, it will have to get sent to your house. Um, some members that signed up already, they have already gotten their shirt or they will pick it up the day of the race. Um, but what we're doing cool is a team award. And... It's not going to be awarded as a trophy or anything crazy like that or anything typical. Since this is so off the, you know, typical race type of uh, format, where actually the team that crosses the finish line first will get 
$80 worth of Roman's Pizza House food. So you don't have to order pizza if you're trying to be healthy. You want to take that $80, you want to get a salad or something different from their menu. They make some really, really good food. And if that day you're practicing food freedom and want pizza, so be it. Let's go. Right. So we got first, second and third place uh, teams that cross the finish line first will get Roman's Pizza House. We have tons of raffles. So Roman's is a sponsor of our event. We have Lola Chiropractic uh, right in the White Horse Pike in New Jersey in uh, Galloway. We also had Chase Transportation become a sponsor of our show, uh, of our of our <laughs> I apologize. Of our race, uh, we had Lindy Hops, which is an ice cream parlor, one of the best that ever did it here in Galloway. She not only gave a monetary sponsorship, but she also uh, gave away a uh, ice cream pizza. When I told her that Romans was delivering real pizza, she said, hey, listen, I'm going to top that with ice cream pizza. So I was like, all right, I'm excited. So all these different sponsorships, guys, um, not only did they do monetarily, but they also get gave me a certificate for a giveaway. So those that register for our race is put into a raffle and you have an opportunity to win Roman's Pizza or the Lola Chiropractic gift basket. Also, the ice cream pizza and not to be, uh, you know, last but not least, we also received a sponsorship from that to be used in our raffle giveaway from a listener, a new new listener. However, she's been binging a lot of the shows. Um, her name is Tara, and she has a hair salon in Ocean City. And uh, the Ocean City is called Curly's, Curly's Hair Salon. So she gave us a $25 gift certificate to be used as a raffle, and we thank you so much for that. Tara also sent in a message to the show. She said, um, she said that, I have to impress you somehow so maybe I can be a guest guest someday or a co-host. All right, we're going we're going to put that co-host thing, you know what I mean? Jessica Jessica uh Jessica Young seems to have that all tied up right now. Jessica Young is killing it. Uh, thank you, Jessica, so much. But I, I really, really appreciate Tara not only listening to the show, but giving me feedback. She said that she really enjoys when Jessica is on the show due to the fact that it gives a different perspective than just what I'm talking about. We got a female's perspective in here. So, uh, Tara, needless to say, we would love to have you as a guest on the show very soon. I look forward to meeting you at the Common Day celebration, and then uh, we're going to try to get you on the show. Either that day, or we're just going to have a, a standalone episode from, from for you. I look forward to it. So, now guys, it's time for me to jump into... There was a lot of announcements that I had to make, so now it's time for me to give you my nuggets from my Primal Endurance book. Right. My six biggest takeaways. I want guys, I listen to my books on Audible. If you have a commute or if you have a job in which you can put some earbuds in and you're not really thinking like I I do, I do some work while I, I used to listen to sports radio all the time. I not even interested in hearing the same stories about quarterbacks making money and all this stuff and who did this and who did that. I'm more concerned about my craft, helping people get healthy, reminding myself of these health tips, and then 
how can I increase my, my how can I become a better runner as well? And once again, as I begin become better and continue to do this uh, continued education, then I can feed this material either through my podcast or through the members that sign up to the Run to the Best You program. So I encourage you guys to if you have trouble sitting down, kicking back, opening up a book, then try to uh, listen to Audible because it's so, so fantastic, right? So here's my six biggest takeaways from Primal Endurance. Takeaway number one, they encouraged you to slow down. And what's crazy about this, this can be a podcast all within itself because he wanted to hammer home the point that a lot of people and I feel as though that I am in this category, but now I'm going to work on it. You get into a habit of overtraining, always working on your speed, always working for the next race, continuing on, pushing through, even when you're not feeling good, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And you and a lot of runners who fall in love with it never take time to actually take an off-season you know what I mean? Where you're, you're training at a very low heart rate. I was reintroduced to heart rate training. Um, I've done podcasts in the past talking about the nine mile marathon method where in which I started training with a heart rate monitor and I got my fastest half marathon time and continue to do so uh, based on that book, running less miles, but actually becoming faster, saving my energy, not burning it all up in practice by doing countless miles. If you ever run, want to run a marathon, but you look at those old school schedules and be like, listen, I do not have time to run 18 miles this weekend. I don't have time to run 20 miles this weekend. We show people based on my studies and, you know, I'm a study of one and I see that it worked for me. And then I teach it to people. So Wearing a heart rate monitor helped me run my fastest half marathon. And every single half marathon thereafter, I've been just continuing to knock time off. But the very first time I tried running with the heart rate monitor, my mile 13 was eight minutes and 16 seconds. I never ran that fast in mile 13 in my life until I started training based on my heart rate. So I pick up this book and it talked to you about stop overtraining. Try not to do speed work every 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 single week. Um, pick pick spots in the year in which you devote to your speed work. Pick times in which you're you're training for like two months, like you know maybe not even feel like you're training for something serious, but you just go out for walks and or if you're going to jog, you know jog based on your intuition, right? Like. Uh, once again, there's times in which we always feel like we pushing and pushing and, and like, all right, I got to race this month, so I got to go fast all the time. But they, this chapter helped me to, to appreciate that we need to slow down, give our heart some time to recoup. There's some people that run a marathon, 26.2, and then they're out there the next week and, and we can start to develop some scarring around our heart. There's unhealthy, you know, people that look healthy can also be unhealthy if they are overtrained. So I told you that this can be a episode all within itself. I actually took this uh, heart rate training and uh, I took this question to my social media uh, group running motivation on, on Facebook. And I got tons of comments on that. We're going to revisit this 
because it had me train at a low heart rate, even lower than the nine mile marathon had me training at. At 132, very frustrating because I was like, man, my heart rate spiked up to 133 so fast that I couldn't even continue. I practiced the run, walk, run. I couldn't, I couldn't run two minutes straight without my heart rate just bouncing through the ceiling. So I had to slow down or even take extra walks just to get my heart rate to stay in that zone. And what was particularly interesting about this um, slowing down portion that I didn't realize is that if you take 180 minus your age, that's the heart rate in which you should be running by, which is super low. And if you're not used to it, you're going to spike so easy that you will stay in the aerobic state. And when you are in the aerobic state, you're burning fat. But if you go above that low heart rate zone, you start to put yourself in a black hole where you're overstressing your body. And then if you're trying to lose weight, sometimes you might not be able to do so because your body is dealing with this chronic stress that you're putting your body through, even though you th- we are thinking that we're doing something healthy by running. But there's a, you know, very, very interesting. You got to hear it for yourself um, from the book. Next, primal eating strategy. Uh, eat like humans used to hundreds of years ago. Avoid the harmful industrialized seed oils, grains, and sugar. So they talked about that stuff in the Two Meals a Day book, um, reminding us that our from belly button to belly button, if we were to take our uh, measurement of our waist, that it actually be should be half of your height. So if you are 60 inches tall, which is only five foot, I'm just using that as something easy, uh, then your waist should be no more than 30 inches. So if it's 32, you got two inches to lose off your waist. So how we do that is cutting out these different snacks and sugars and these different uh, things that are, are harmful for our bodies. And I was listening to something else that said we used to say things like eat the way your grandparents did or your great-great-grandparents. Well, you know, now... Uh, you know, kids have grandparents that's not that old, right? I'm a grandparent and um, I'm 40. I just turned 48. But I grew up in a time when I was, my grandmother was frying chicken with flour and uh, macaroni and cheese. And then they used to make it homemade macaroni and cheese. Now, when, then when the box stuff came, they just made the, the box with the powders and stuff like that. So we have to go back to hunter-gatherer days where you didn't stay up until 10 o'clock at night. You know, back then they used to go to bed when the sun went down, right? Nowadays we have TV, we have things that keeps us up at night, and then we end up snacking and things like that. How's that going to help our run or our overall health? If you if you run a business, right, how's that going to, what we do the night before affects your energy the next day. And so if you are struggling with getting clients or staying awake to be able to manage your business, consider what you're doing the night before. So very good chapter. Some of the things that I just said actually is like uh, I'm bringing in other information that I have stored away in my mind that I am digesting simultaneous. And then when I uh, read something like this, I kind of, you know, combine the two theories and thoughts. So uh, that was good. Strength training was a good chapter. 
we don't have to hit the weights for hours at a time just because we run doesn't mean that we have good muscle tone either. So don't think that just because you run, your legs are strong. Just because you run, right, uh, your heart is strong. You want to cross train and do different strength training exercises, and that will help you become a better runner too. But what I also appreciated about this chapter is that, hey, you know, the old theory of high reps and all that stuff, they were basically helping you to appreciate to lift heavy. And if you can get five reps, three to five reps of something heavy, right? So let's say you go in there and you squat 180 and that's a challenge for you and you get five in. Do three reps of five. That's fine. Let's say you start off at 180, then you put on, you know, 10 pounds, you up to 190. Um, and then at the end of that workout, maybe you did three to five sets and you did it heavy from the jump. You just went in there, put put to 180 and that was challenging for you, but you did it five reps. The second, the second um, set, you put on 10 pounds. Now you're doing 190, knock that out five. Then you jumped up to 200, right? And then you were only able to get three. You took a break, did another three, four, four sets, boom. All right, I'm, I'm maxed out. I'm, I'm tired. That, that was good. Next time you come in, a couple of days later or next week, you start off with 200. And that's how you build strength. And that's how you will eventually become faster. I'm taking that with everything I do now. Combining a thought again was a couple of weeks ago, I did 2,000 push-ups in a week. So basically, with that theory in mind, that should be my new baseline. Make your best, your new best, your new baseline goal. If you hit a, a, mile, a, a marker, then try to make that your new minimum. All right. And that way you always can make those improvements. Now, when I say that, let's keep in mind, there are some weeks in which you may not be able to. And you have to listen to our body, take the proper rest and so, so forth. But try to keep that new baseline. So now I'm trying to take that approach with, you know, bench pressing or my chest or my arms, my back, whatever I do now. That's my goal. Go in. You know, pick four exercises based on their two meals a day book under their workout method. They talked about there's four major, major body parts, your legs, your core, your um, your chest and your back. And so if if I do pull ups, what's my new baseline? Right. Or if I'm lifting heavy weights for my back, boom, what's my new baseline? Now I'm going to go in the next time. Start there. Get five up for whatever I can do. Boom. All right. Next, they talked about sprinting. Some people are afraid of sprinting. Some people will put too much sprinting in. All right. So their suggestion was to do a nice, easy warm up, get your body loose, ready for the sprints. And I heard Mark Sisson on a different podcast before talking about people's visceral fat in their bellies because they were eating too much and stuff like that. And this guy was running 50 miles a week. They prescribed to him to only do five 100 meter sprints, maybe twice a week. His focusing on eating real food, focusing on uh, the time of day he ate, intermittent fasting, 
and then cutting down his running. That's hard for a guy who's used to running 50 miles a week. Why does why did he have visceral fat to begin with if he's doing all that running? Because he's overtrained. So incorporating these sprints and uh, getting his proper rest and everything like that, he was actually to, he was actually able to cut down his belly fat. Amazing. So that chapter was helping you to appreciate the importance of sprinting, to add that into your routines. And it doesn't have to be a lot. You can set you could do a 20 minute workout where every 30 seconds you walk for 30 seconds and sprint for 30 seconds. And you could do that for 20 minutes. You could set, you know, you can do two miles of it or whatever like that. I had Craig on. He's a pacer for uh, marathons and stuff like that. He actually suggested doing workouts like that. So once again, um, this topic had came back up. So if you're not adding sprinting into your routine, uh, you you are going to want to do that. Um, what's fun is I went to uh, the park in Galloway and there was these kids racing. So then uh, my son said, yo, you got to my 13 year old said, yo, dad, you got to check out this kid. He, he, these these guys are fast. So I was like, you know what? So <laughs> it's funny. My son says, uh, you, you're going to want to race this guy. And I'm like this kid. So I pull all the kids that were, that I saw racing, and I, and I started, they were just like randomly running. So I was like, hey, listen, I'm going to hook y'all up. Y'all got to run from that fence down to me, touch my hand. Whoever touches my hand wins, right? I don't know. It was like 60 meters, 50, 60 meters, right? Because we were at a park. So it wasn't, we didn't have 100 meters to sprint. I'll tell you what, these kids were flying out there, man. This kid was like, he probably, oh, this one kid was nine. He was doing cartwheels, backflips, but he was like short, right? So he was like one of the faster ones. But come to find out, he wasn't the fastest. This other kid, he was just wiping the floor with everybody. And then he would make a muscle when he beat him. And uh, I said, yo, kid, man, how, how old are you? He's six years old. He was wiping the floor with people. Then he raced me. I was like, all right, let's go. So uh, I'm out there racing this kid, you know. And of course, I got longer legs, so I beat him and stuff. But kid was like not too far behind me this kid has a future i don't know his name but you might hear this kid later on and um my my 13 year old would say he would say man even when he loses he wins he has a quiet um you know spirit about him because because when he lost he was like all right let's go again i was like man this kid won't give up he if we if we were allowed to listen I know today in today's world is crazy. I actually was like, listen, let's open this up a little bit. Let, let's go out here and we probably set like an 80 meter uh, sprint. And uh, but we were outside of the park. So the parents was like, Where, what, what are y'all guys doing outside of the wood area? You know, because the park has a wooden fence. So I had them on the outside. I, this kid was so competitive, man. I, I just wanted to open up the field a little bit. So the reason why I shared that story was to say like make make stuff fun, man. If you got kids in your life, I didn't know those kids from from anything, but like get out there and run and for fun, because when kids when you watch kids run, they run for fun. They don't even they don't even complain about having to run. They actually run for fun on our website. When you go to our homepage, uh, my man Dylan Bakley is crossing the line of his first half marathon. And I'm right next to him. You should see the the joy on his face. And there's a saying that I have. We put the fun and run. And uh, that's it. That's what it's all about right there. Number five, 
complementary movement and lifestyle practices. That chapter was pretty deep, but when we talk about uh, complementary movement, sometimes a person can wake up in the morning and go for a run and they like veg out the rest of the day, right? How many times have you gone to a 9 a.m. race and you gave it your all, maybe the sun was beating on you, and then the rest of the day you just went home and took a shower and passed out on the couch? Well, did you know that you can be setting yourself up for an unhealthy lifestyle that way? It's better to keep moving, move throughout the day, because a person that does something like that and don't burn enough calories the rest of the day, you know, you, you're no better off than the person that did not run that race that morning and actually was doing gardening, yard work, running back and, back and forth to Home Depot, building their dag, whatever. Like that person, because they're moving all day long, they are actually in a nice, healthy zone. So this was helping us to appreciate to like, don't take just because you run for granted and say that that's all I need to do. You might be a uh, you might have an office job where you're sedentary and you might have went to the gym in the morning and then you just sat down all day. Well, that's not healthy for your bones and your joints and and your 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 DNA and your your metabolism, all that stuff. So it was helping giving us tips such as like if you have a sit down job to make sure that you're getting up every Every so often, stretch it out. Maybe you sit on a uh, on a yoga ball. Maybe you sit on the floor and do work. Don't just sit at your desk all day, right? So it was talking about complementary movements and lifestyle practices to help you keep movement going. Park further away from the job so that you have to take those extra steps. Uh, one tip that I appreciated was if you had to make a business call, go outside and walk and talk at the same time. Soon as I heard that, soon as I heard that, I had to call my mortgage company after work and I owed myself. I was trying to get 10,000 steps. I was only up to like 7,000, right? I may have did my morning one miler for that day because it was a Friday. It was a non-run day. And then I went into the office and uh, I only got like 7,000 steps. So after work, I left my car parked. I didn't drive over to the park. I left my car parked. I started walking towards the park that is a loop around a lake. I walked over there. I called the mortgage company, was on the phone with them for 30 to 40 minutes, guys. By the time I left, I had 9,300 steps. Then I went to the supermarket and... By the time I got home, I had 9,000 and like, you know, 900 steps. And then I just took my dog for a little small walk, closed my 10,000 steps, closed my rings, you know, because I wear an Apple Watch. Boom. There you go. That's the type of thing that I'm talking about. When you hear something, try to put it into practice immediately. I probably would not have been sprinting with those kids at the park if I didn't hear this information. Maybe my son would have said, hey, hey, dad, you got to check these kids out and, you know, sprint them, you know, fat, we race them. And I'm like, uh, come on, man, they too little. I'm not racing them. You know what I mean? But hearing something, good information is kind of like fuel to your gas tank, as it were. So take these words and start practicing stuff today. Lastly, in this segment, before I go into segment number two. And this one is actually this this could be a podcast all within itself again. So I'm a I'm a blitz through the because due to time, I'm a blitz through the, the sections and maybe I'll talk more about it in a, a different episode. But um, their chapter tips to optimize recovery. 
Um, when it comes to our recovery, here is the list to help speed up your recovery. Cold therapy, right? Cold therapy, compression. I wear compression sleeves on my calves. They were talking about wearing compression socks or sleeves because it acts like a pump to keep the, the uh, pumping the blood back to the heart. Hydration. Make sure to rehydrate right after your workout. Um, we don't need all those colorful, you know, marketed beverages, plain water with some uh, electrolytes. So I went to the vitamin shop before when I listened to TB12 book. I got some unflavored electrolytes to put into my water. We could do a pinch of salt, right? And that will be good enough hydration. Um, we talked about increased movement. Um, so even if you sprain your ankle, right, instead of putting a cold pack on it, what they recommend is elevate movement and compression. EMC, elevate movement and compression. So you have to listen to the book for their actual like why old school method of putting ice on a uh, issue is worse than they thought and is not helpful. In fact, anytime I sprain my ankle, I actually put my, my ankle in hot water with Epsom salt and I'm able to go run the next day. Facts. Like I, I play basketball a lot and I used to like really roll my ankles a lot. And so then I'll be training for a half marathon and my ankle hurts. But anytime I, anytime I would uh, sprain my ankle, I would put my, my ankle in hot, hot water, Epsom salt, and I'm ready to go the next day. So this book kind of validated what I used to do. So now they're saying if you sprain your ankle or something like that, you want to elevate it. You want to keep it moving. Yeah, it might be hurtful, but <sighs> fight through it. Keep it moving. Keep your walking. You can't jog, but maybe you can walk. Keep keep moving and then uh, use compression on it. Right. Because what did I talk about? It's like sending blood flow, like pumping blood flow from your heart back to that area, which will help with the healing process. Refueling with good nutrition. Okay. They recommend uh, uh, the ultimate post-recovery meal is a big salad. And I put with protein. Uh, there's times when you finish a workout and especially one of those half marathons it might come with a beer, might prompt you to get a soft pretzel and all that stuff. But then how do you feel? Right. You want to recover quickly. So uh, next is self myofascial release. And I got one of those. Um, oh, my goodness. The, it, it escapes me. But one of those machines that kind of like and, and it really works out any kinks in my legs and tightness and soreness. Um, I know it's called Thermo something, but I didn't buy the the brand name that everyone else sees on commercials. I got this from Florida. Um, it's it's my best friend for real, for real. Um, next, they have sleep. Make sure that we prioritize sleep because that helps your recovery. That helps you lose weight. That helps you get into the better mindset. And then lastly is release your attachment from the outcome. Taking the stress off of your time and you know, everybody wants to know how did you do, how, what, what time did you get? Because that's a that's a marker. But it talked about, you know, some people that train and overtrain, they are so good at these races 
And then sometimes they might burn themselves out, never to be seen again. So he, they, give, they give illustrations of that, stories of people actually uh, recognizing the dangers of overtraining, taking some important time off. And then when they go back to their marathon or their um, triathlon, some of these are bikers that have, have noticed how they were overtraining and, and took the advice of doing less to gain more on race day. They noticed um, so much better results by doing this. Um, so this release your attachment to the outcome. I actually put this into practice. I went to the race and my buddy was there. It was like, hey, man, is this your race? I said, no, I'm, today I'm, I'm actually going to run based on my heart rate and I'm trying something new. It was, it was early into cracking open this book. And um, I actually felt like somewhere along the race, I, was, I felt like I was going so slow on purpose because I was like trying to keep myself within a certain heart rate zone. And I felt like I was injured in a way. I felt like I've been gone for a while, even though I haven't. It was weird. I felt like I was injured and I was gone for a while and I was just happy to be back on a race course. And I think in some aspects, I was injured because I've been overtraining and overthinking and stressing. So for those first two miles, I released my attachment from the outcome. I wasn't worried about time. I was just worried about enjoying the day. And it was really nice out in Ocean City that day. And mile three comes, you know, someone saw me and was like, come on, you were my pacer. You're starting to, you know, and, and I just released myself from the outcome. I said, you know, in the past, that would have stressed me out and made me, made me think that I was going too slow and let me pick back up. But I was there to run the race for myself. And I never saw that person again because I knew that I was saving my energy for mile three. It was only a 5K. I knew I was I was conserving my energy until mile three. And I then at that point, I wouldn't be so concerned about my heart rate. So now it's mile 2.5. I have 0.6 to go. And I feel great. I felt different. And when I got to the last quarter mile, I was able to sprint past the guy that was heading towards the same finish line as I was. I was running so fast. It felt like the dude was standing still. And it wasn't about him. It was about me at that moment and finishing my time overall wasn't wasn't great i was you know if i was so concerned about the time it's like man this was terrible but actually i felt different when i crossed the finish line i felt good for the first time in a long time that i was in control controlling your heart rate is not an easy thing as we think right so we can control the muscles that you know like doing push-ups will firm up my chest and doing squats will firm up my leg but it's that muscle that we don't see and that's that heart that's inside that we and then the brain the stress let's let's let it go primal endurance i'm gonna tell you it was such an amazing book at this time thank you so much i hope you got something from it i'm gonna take a break and when i come back Due to time, I might have to blitz through some of these comments that was said about our number one, Chris Ballard. Hey guys, I want to take a moment to tell you about Thrive Market. It's an online service that will deliver straight to your door nutrition based on your dietary needs. So if you are keto, they have keto type snacks. If you like Whole30, they have Whole30 approved salad dressings and ketchups and things of that nature. Being that I try to keep my nutrition real, if I go to the supermarket and look for a salad dressing, it's going to have all sorts of ingredients that I can't pronounce 
as well as sugar, high fructose corn syrup, soy as the main ingredients. You can avoid that by making a salad dressing yourself. However, that can get a little boring. But Primal Kitchen, which is one of Thrive Market's foods, they have some of the most amazing, delicious salad dressings made with organic avocado oils and nice natural herbs and spices into these salad dressings. You can get Thousand Island salad dressing. What I love is the ketchup. The ketchup is so delicious. I actually take it out to restaurants with me because it doesn't have all that stuff that I mentioned, like the high fructose corn syrup and things like that. So if you're ready to take your health to the next level and you want good, wholesome snacks and dressings for your foods, order from Thrive. In the description, I will leave a link to Thrive and you'll get $25 off your first purchase. Uh, welcome back. Segment number two. I'm going to read off some of these thoughts and expressions from our members that have been inspired by Chris Ballard. Marla says, what I admire most about Chris is that she is committed. She's disciplined and she shows up. And that's the bottom line. She shows up. Great stuff. Thank you, Marla, for that. Marie Geary says, what, what can I say about Chris Ballard? Chris is a true inspiration to our group and me. She is a mother of triplets and an older son. Chris works full time and still finds time to come to group activities. Chris is the organizer of our events and makes sure we all know when and where meetings are uh, held. She is also a true friend. Lisa Diaz says, Chris Ballard is a true leader. She isn't loud or explosive about leading, but she is the ember burning so brightly that you just want to follow her. She is always present, no matter the weather, the workout, or if she only had two hours of sleep. Each time I want to give up or I think I just can't, I can hear her voice in my head. No excuses. Lisa Polite, who has been around our Run to the Best You program for a while, but not at our local trainings. Well, she has been making the time for local trainings, um, and she had this to say. I am inspired by Chris, as she is a constant reminder that you can balance being a mom and taking time for yourself to make healthy choices and run. She has a steady presence at the training, and she does not complain. She even showed me how to enjoy running in the rain by simply just doing it. Ah, thank you so much for that. And Dylan Bagley, right? First guy here to comment on Chris. Chris is amazing, is an example to us all of what showing up every day looks like. Her example shows the level of success we can achieve when we show up every day for ourselves. Chris is an inspiration to those of us who might disappear a few weeks. Her example helps me to keep trying. We had a couple of more, but uh, due to time, I'm going to skip through uh, a, f a few here and I'm going to uh, read Melissa's here. She says, when I think of Chris, a smiles come to my face. She shows up every time with what I call simple but powerful motivation. Number one, you got this. Number two, I run, I run because I get to. And number three, I show up for me, but I also show up for you. And fourth, she actually says shows up 
shows her strength by being consistent in her ability to run, but is not intimidated by seeing others run faster, new members or seasoned ones. When I talk about detaching yourself from the outcome, sometimes we can get competitive within members within our own uh, group, right? I love how uh, Melissa brings this out about Chris is because Chris just wants everyone to succeed at whatever level they want. If they want to run faster and they want to be top, you know, in their age group, that's fine. If Chris wants to stay, um, enjoy the process of showing up to practice and then coming to the races and just, you know, everyone doesn't have to finish first. You don't, you're not considered a success because you took home first, first, second or third place because only a select few get to do that. But we all can experience the joy of running and signing up to a race and having that sense of accomplishment, patting someone else on the back for their sense of accomplishment, enjoying the process. And if should we take home one of those age group awards, Chris enjoys that just as much, right? Because there's races in which, um, you know, we show up and she she walks home with a second or third place and sometimes first place uh, award, right? Um, but that's not the reason why she signed up. She signed up because she enjoys it and she she enjoys how running makes her feel. And as a mother, with all the responsibilities that she has to buy out the time to do this for herself and then use the Run to the Best You program as a vehicle to help keep her focused on that is, is truly uh, commendable. We thank Chris Ballard from the bottom of our hearts because we are able to maintain what we've been able to do by building this community. And she's the, she has been the linchpin for so long. And we thank Chris for what she does for not only our community, but for those that's watching. We even had a uh, Lori on social media who read the blog and was like, what a tremendous tribute to an amazing uh, woman and mother and it was just just a very nice thing. So thank you so much, guys. Um, that'll end our show. Thank you for listening. If you are interested in joining our Comma Day celebration, guys, head over to the show notes. Earlier in this podcast, I talked about the reintroduction of um, coaching calls. We have two spots available for that. One-on-one coaching calls. They are a daily motivation for you to help you get to the best version of yourself. And uh, so I'm reintroducing them. I'm only taking four clients at a time when it comes to these one-on-one coaching calls. And we have two spots left to get you kicked off. I will do a free call. All you got to do is head to the show notes and sign up for, uh, you know, fill out that contact us form so I can understand your goals. And I could talk to you about whether you will fit into our brand, our run a 5k program for beginners, whether you will fit into our run walk community online or in person. And if you are interested, I could talk to you about those one-on-one coaching calls. You can sign up for 30 days or three months. Let's get you to the best version of yourself. Once again, thank you so much for listening. You could be listening to anything in the world, but you chose to press play on this episode. And for that, I thank you. Remember, keep calm, run to the back shoe, and I'll talk to you next week.